Hi there, my name is Alex Faust and you're listening to Conversations at the Edge. Each week we meet with the top business thought leader to learn what they think we should be prioritizing to build better businesses, positively impact our communities, and scale up. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, depending on what part of the world you are joining us from. I am Alex Faust, your host of Conversations at the Edge, and I am very, very excited to be hosting Jeff Tool today for a very important topic. Today, we're going to be talking about sales and sales processes in these times of inflation. And if you're not already familiar with Jeff, he is a leading edge strategist and author of four best selling books, including Mastering the Complex Sale. And his books really help sales teams orchestrate the strategy, process, and execution of a complex sale. He's the thought leader and coach of our master business course, Mastering the Complex Sale, which is going to be starting uh, this quarter. And today, like I said, just very excited to have him join us and talk about this important topic of inflation and how it's impacting you know our our teams our sales our sales process uh so jeff welcome back to conversations at the edge and how are you doing today hey thanks alex i'm doing great and it's great to be with you so with that jeff i want to talk about like the definition of a complex sale to kind of set the stage of what we're going to be talking about and has the definition of a complex sale changed given the fact that we're dealing with inflation? Are more sales complex now that inflation is kind of playing a part in people's decision-making processes? Well, I suppose you could say inflation adds another excuse to the list for a customer not to make a decision or not, or not to change. But if you think about the definition of a complex sale, we see it as as a decision in which the customer needs outside expertise to to help guide to make it a quality decision so in that regard no i don't i don't see the definition changing or or the sale being really that much more complex I want to talk a little bit about what you have defined as era three selling. Um, and that's kind of what the basis of your methodology is, is based on this era three selling. So I'm wondering if you could dive into what that means. And yeah, I, I think it's probably even more essential that we follow this era three selling formula during times of inflation. So if you could talk a little bit about that as well. Well, thinking about three, three eras, you could go back and, and and they're all still existing and salespeople are operating in all three right now. But the first era was really that era where the salesperson is primarily presenting the solution just out of the gate and then handling the objections coming back. It was sort of the uh, present and defend mentality uh very little listening involved very little information on the customer then era two was when everyone said well maybe we ought to be paying attention to the customer and maybe we should be tailoring up our solutions to line up with what the customer is looking for and and that was consultative type selling problem solving selling and, and you know very good what's not to like about that but the key underlying assumption of era two was the customer understood their problem and they knew pretty much what they needed in a solution. And 
And so when you when you look at that, I guess the question everyone needs to ask themselves is, are you comfortable that your customer uh, understands the problem they might have that you solve for them and they understand exactly how you solve it? Because ERA 2 was about really asking the customer to present their self-diagnostic. You know, here's what I think my problem is. Here's what I want to do with it. You know, does yours match? And uh, and and if you're saying no, no, I, I don't think my customer really understands the problem, and many of them don't even think they have a problem, the problem that we solve. Uh, then you're looking at era three, and and the key to era three is what we just spoke about. You're coming to your customer adding adding expertise and insight much as a doctor would with a patient a lawyer attorney would with a client an architect would with a client you're you're bringing that professional expertise and guidance to the customer and when you, when you talk about inflation probably that's even more so important because as i said it's giving the customer an excuse to to avoid their problems so let me ask if if i'm the customer and i don't know that i have a problem why would i agree to talk to somebody about a problem i don't think i have yeah very good um we we have something we help people put together as an output of their pre-call preparation that we refer to as a value hypothesis, and it's it's definitely not a value proposition which is more of the here's what i can do present and defend but the hypothesis relates to some type of evidence physical symptom that you would be noticing but you wouldn't interpret it as a problem we call it normalized pain you're you're operating your business you're being inefficient but it's not recognizable because you're you're working on it as hard as you have you might have even improved since last quarter whatever and thinking you're making progress but the fact of the matter is you're very inefficient relative to whatever this new solution could bring you and you're not looking so when you bring up the hypotheses it is it is about evidence the customer would relate to associate with recognize and if that evidence is taking place there are consequences those consequences have a financial estimate and the essence of the initial question is would you want to take a deeper look at it so why you would relate to the evidence and the evidence is consequential so coming back to this idea of inflation obviously companies are becoming more cost conscious they're protecting their budgets so can you talk about how you're seeing great sales teams stand out and you know get into these 
these deeper conversations when people tend to feel like they don't have, you know, budget for them? Yeah, I, I think it's, it is, it is being prepared, doing your homework, and it is approaching from the financial side. I mean, this, this is a business. It's a business to business. I'm assuming all of our listeners have a solution for their customer that is going to affect the, the business outcome or the lifestyle outcome if it's a, if it's a b2c sort of thing but but on a on a b2b the reason people make changes in their business is to improve performance so approaching them in the sense of i'm noticing this about your business and if if it is occurring it could be affecting this way. So would you like to take a deeper look? So what that says is you need to be equipped to help the customer take that deeper look, do that analysis, diagnosis, as we call it. Um, and you do it at a level that your customer wouldn't be capable of doing it. Uh, it's why you go to a professional. And the so so being able to diagnose and quantify that financial impact what we call the cost of the problem is is a critical capability now when you've been able to do that your customer still has the freedom to make the decision whether they want to change or not you you can't force that Era one and right. two, salespeople always were, were told, were thinking, and tried to force that. And to me, that's no different than a doctor uh, saying, I've got a new uh, heart valve here, titanium, and you, you really should have it because, and we're presenting. Um, I, I know you have a kind of a matrix that you kind of walk people through. Can you talk about that and um, how our how our listeners might be able to emulate that that uh, change process? We have something we call the psychology of change, which sort of moves from the present to the future, positive to negative. So if you picture that quadrant of the upper upper left is positive present. That's where most people are sitting mentally. And as you described earlier, don't think I have a problem, normalize pain. Then you have the positive future and the negative future as the, and well, negative present as the lower left. So you can picture um, what traditional selling has tried to do repeatedly is move someone from positive present, I think I'm having a good day, to no, you're a bad manager and life will be much better with my positive future device to get you there. And, and people naturally resist being told they're, they're poor, poor manager, poor business person, whatever, and yours is so much better. 
And what we're saying is the, the path to change is, yeah, it's probably right. You're starting in the, in the positive present, but you've got to have some inkling that it's not that good. And that would be the evidence, you know, for, for a doctor, your annual physical, it could be shortness of breath. It could be a, a, a headache. It could be uh, seeing spots. There's a physical thing that as the doc asked about shortness of breath, for example, we all have shortness of breath. And I think it's because I don't exercise enough. Um, you know, you were mentioning playing hockey that, involves a lot of stamina. I barely could probably make it across the ice one time, but I just think that's because I'm a bad skater and, and I probably should be riding my exercise bike more. But when the doc says shortness of breath, you say, yeah, but I'm not alarmed. And then the doc says, well, when do you notice the shortness of breath? And I say, uh, well, typically maybe if I'm climbing up stairs, and the doc says, well, how many stairs do you go up before you notice the shortness of breath? And I say, I don't know, three, four. And, and, but, but what you're noticing is the doc is asking incremental questions going deeper. And it's probably two or three questions into it that the patient is saying, well, maybe this isn't normal. And and now it's not just short, shortness of breath. It, it's at this point and that point. And now I'm moving into what we call the negative present, where I've gone from I'm having a good day to maybe not. And, and I'm paying attention and, and we're talking. So you, you've got to have that analysis capability to take the customer based on evidence in into what's not a desirable situation. And if it's bad enough, they're gonna change. So, so that takes us to what we call the progression to change. And, and there are six mental stages that a person goes through. And, and on one side of the spectrum is satisfied, which is that, um, positive present. I'm, I'm feeling really good. But it, it advances to neutral and then aware. And each of these stages is characterized by physical evidence that you and your customer can agree on. And so you know exactly what stage they're in. And so the difference between satisfied and neutral, satisfied, I'm defending. No, no problem, everything's going great and I love my current supplier and why would I wanna change? Uh, neutral is I'm not really defending and I'm not saying how could you help. Aware is this evidence you've talked about, I recognize it's happening to people like me other service station owners, uh, but I'm not yet admitting it's happening to me. And, and I have a very strong reluctance to admitting that 
especially to you as salesperson, because you'll take advantage of that. I've, I've been around the block enough to know you're, you're coming after me in your self-interest. And so the hypotheses we spoke about earlier helps that transition from, I don't want to answer your questions to, I want to collaborate with you and see if this is a problem. Mm -hmm. So the, the aware says it could happen. The next stage is concern where I acknowledge, it, yeah, actually that has occurred, uh, but I don't know how bad it is. I don't know how much it costs me. And you say, well, let's, let's figure out what the impact of that is and the consequences in their impact. And the next stage is critical where we've accomplished, we've determined the cost of the problem. And the customer is saying, um, I, I agree. And then the next decision the customer makes is, is that bad enough to change? And that's not your judgment. You're, you're leaving it free to the customer to decide. And when they, when they say that, yeah, that's, that's not acceptable, um, they've decided to change. And now we're going to look at a solution. But I think the, the real interesting thing to recognize is the vast majority of proposals are going to customers who have not decided to change. And thus you see this really high percentage of no decision, I'm, I'm doing nothing. Um, and so what we're talking about is guiding, advising that decision to change. So back to inflation, that's a barrier. We can't spend more money. We don't have the budget. All of that is irrelevant if you know the cost of the problem and the cost of the problem is severe enough. Because as a business, if the problem's bad enough, I'm going to find money and, and I'm going to fix it because money is going to flow to the most advantageous investments in the business. During times of inflation, you know, how do sales teams and organizations kind of protect higher prices or even increase prices when the opposite side might realize that there's a problem? but are pushing back and trying to, you know, move the other direction uh, on your prices. Well, you know, the, the, the classic is procurement uh, trying to get a discount because that's the only thing they're measured on. They're not the operating part of the business who is operating with the inefficiency that your solution is going to solve. And by investing in your solution, their performance improves and their, you know, their incentive or their measurement improves with it. They will gladly invest money to make money, but procurement is not driven by that metric. They're, they're driven by, did I get a lower price than was originally quoted? And that number is irrelevant to the success of the business, very relevant to the success of the purchasing agent. So if, if you're not able 
to help your customer, and I'm saying your customer is likely an operational part, a clinical part of the business, you need to help your customer defend that financial position, decision, really many times against procurement, who's coming in and saying, no, we don't want to buy from them. They're not giving us a discount. Jeff, so I just want to invite you any final thoughts or recommendations for our community uh, in terms of adapting, changing, updating sales process, you know, as we go through this inflationary time. I, I think a quick one everyone can do is take a look at your solution and maybe even your competitive uh, capabilities relative to other solutions like yours and ask yourself what what would be the physical evidence you would expect a prospective customer to be seeing in their business in the absence of that value of your solution and and they wouldn't necessarily be associating it with the problem that would you know drive them to to calling in the marketplace looking for something so look at that evidence ask yourself what are the consequences they would be experiencing because of that and what's the financial impact measurement of those consequences and that should create your ability to help the customer diagnose the problem and quantify the problem fantastic Thanks for listening to Conversations at the Edge. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please share it with a friend or a teammate who you think would benefit from what we covered. In addition, you can find us on LinkedIn to get all of the updates, or if you'd like to hear the full conversation, just visit growthinstitute.com forward slash the edge to learn how you can become a member as well. Thanks again, and see you next time.